Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of CIR Realty Business Mastery. This week, I'm here with a special guest, Vonnie Fast. And Vonnie uh, runs Cutco Closing Gifts here in Calgary and has been involved in Cutco Closing Gifts for quite a while. We're gonna get into that. Um, but first of all, Vonnie, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you. Excited well, to be here. And, yeah. and it's really interesting because Vonnie, everybody in the Calgary real estate area knows Vonnie. She's around at all the events, and recently you've done some speaking right, and yeah. have been sharing your story and some strategies and things like that for realtors, which I love. Thank you for giving back. Yeah, I love doing it. And we're going to dive into stuff that we don't normally dive into uh, with Vonnie here, but I've watched, I've known Vonnie now for... 11 years, I believe, yeah, since 2008. Sure. 11 or 12, yeah. And I've always marveled at uh, how well you've done in your business, but um, how consistency, how consistent you've been with your the, the business strategy, the business uh, sales strategy that you use in your business, mm. uh, which I believe is uh, one of the, the biggest things that made you successful. And so we want to dive into some of those, but uh, Vani, uh, thank you so much for being on the show, obviously. Yeah. And I hope Thank to not, you. we're going to go with some different places here. So that's totally. that's the plan. Okay. Awesome. So let's start. Awesome. And this is the one thing that I picked up a book one time and I got to share this because <laughs> it was uh, how to be a millionaire in direct marketing. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And I was, I think I was Googling Vonnie and I came across this book and I flipped through it. And then Vonnie's got this, this area, they, they feature Vonnie fast in that book. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is yeah. legit. And she never talks about her successes. She's very, very humble. <clears throat> um, so I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I think it's yeah. important that our viewers understand uh, the success you've had in the, the Cutco network. Um, and and Cutco is all across the world. Yeah, it is. And yeah. so, so tell us about some of your sales awards and where you sit right now, and this is me asking her to humble brag, um, not her <laughs> saying she's going to do this. Um, tell us about your awards and also where you kind of sit right now in the Cutco Network. Yeah, I think um, I'm good to talk about that. I we I just hit uh, six million in career sales. Wow! Yeah, congratulations. Yeah, and that's only four other people in all of Cutco's history have ever uh, surpassed that level. So amazing. And I actually, I, I talked to the director of marketing down in the States the other day and I was like, so how many Cutco reps for real have been through? He's like, well, I mean, it's a 70 year old company. Yeah. Um, but since the late seventies, they've had about, he's like, I think it's fair to say we've had a million people come through our doors. Wow. Cutco reps. So I'm not, I'm top five in, in the Cutco world. Um, wow. In the company history. So, and wow. number one in Canada, which extra proud of. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. That's awesome. And you were just on you were just on a trip uh, where because of Cutco, which yeah. these days we're not supposed to talk about right. trips and things like that. Um, <laughs> you know, if you guys are listening to this later on, we're in the height of the Corona scare. But um, but it's amazing. So the company yeah. has recognized your efforts and, and that's amazing. So I want I want to dive into that because I, I yeah. believe that realtors can learn so much from this. So take us back to your early days of Cutco selling. I know that yeah. um, when realtors start off, many of the lots of times they have they don't know many people, right. they're, they're not realtors, um, just like you weren't someone selling knives. Right. So how old were you when you started and what kind of training did you receive to start? Yeah, good question. So I was 18 and I talk about this when I share my story in the industry, but I was I, I never wanted to be in sales. I never saw myself in that. It's so weird. I, the only reason I went and, and applied at various marketing and sales positions because I was taking marketing at UFC. Ah, got it. But I was 18 and Cutco offered me a job and I took the job for various reasons because I thought it would stretch me outside of my comfort zone. And 
you know, and they were going to pay me just to show the product. I was like, okay, I can do this. And the product was really good. So I kind of, I signed up to do it, to just put it on my resume. Turns out, and and so I had three days of training. All Cutco reps go through three days of training. So it's a lot of role playing and and things like that. So they're giving you kind of scripts. Yeah. So they gave me, totally educated us about the knives. Like I knew nothing about knives. Yeah. You know, when I was 18. Educated us on the knives, uh, you know, gave us a manual, like this proven system, you know, (laughs) and I'm sure you're going to ask me, but uh, this part, but the job was to uh, practice on your friends and family and your friends of friends, like your inner circle of people, call them up for a practice presentation, sit down, go through the, you know, show them the knives. I still remember like flipping through the manual and the job was to show and educate people and have fun, you know, cut a penny, cut some food. You know, at the end, you were supposed to ask for the order, just like, you know, realtors yeah. asking for the for the listing or whatever, and then ask for referrals. Yeah. And that's how it was. And we were trained to do all that. But I remember making a decision not to follow the manual on those these proven systems <laughs> and do it my own way. Oh, my which, gosh. Oh, well, compl- you, I completely you, failed. I, not completely. Obviously, yeah. I'm still in the business. Yeah. <laughs> you, you turned out okay. Yeah. But you learned a lesson. I totally did. And that's so funny because we also... Yeah. In terms of real estate, we have uh, listing presentations and we have videos on listing presentations and how right. to do it. And so many people say, oh, well, I'm going to put my own flair on it. I'm going to do this. And including totally. myself, including yep. myself in business. And yep. that's that's funny. So 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 tell me. Yeah. Let's talk about the first client. And then I want to um, and then I want to circle back to that. Yeah. Uh, the system you tried. Um, so where did you get your first clients then? You, yeah. you, you practiced on your friends and family? Did anybody buy anything? 100%. Uh, not, no, my mom didn't. <laughs> the first one. She did later, yes. but she was a no. Like, so they funny. sat down with me, my yeah. mom and dad. Of course. Like that would have been crazy if they didn't. But I started with really, truly, we had to make a practice list in training of of the, I grew up in a small town, so grew up in Acme. It's like an hour away. Wow. Uh, town of 500 people. So, I mean, I didn't know everybody in the town. but my So, my practice list initially was maybe 30, 40 people that I just knew, friends of friends, friends mm-hmm. of the family, that kind of thing. People from church, that's that kind of stuff. And, and just, um, I started with those people. And then I did my own system of sitting down with people, asking for referrals in my own way versus the script. Because yeah. I thought I would sound like a robot mm-hmm. or not myself or inauthentic. And very quickly, like a couple months in, I, I, and it was all through referral. We actually, that's, my business is the same as a realtor's business. Uh, I just sell different things. Um, but where it is different is we weren't actually allowed to build our database or our clientele in any other way other than asking for Like you didn't have ads in the newspaper. Right, we weren't allowed. Have, yeah. yeah, and still there's restrictions to this day on certain things, but no cold calling, no door knocking, no online lead gen at the time, no social media, no websites, no, you would never have seen a cut So you don't door knock. I thought, no. I thought actually that was, I thought there was a part of it that was door-to-door not, sales. Originally. Not allowed. Interesting. Yeah, or not, not uh, encouraged. Yes, fair. At all. Um, so all through referral. And so I remember trying to ask my own, in my own way, and that was, I was failing at that. I was getting a couple referrals here and there, and I started to run low on referrals. And a couple months in, I had 12 referrals left. And nobody else to see that I knew, yes. you know, I was out of the, those people. And so that's when um, my manager was like, go home and memorize the thing because mm-hmm. you don't know it. He called me out because I just didn't know it in yeah. a role play session with him. And I went home and I memorized it until, and this is actually going back to the systems thing. Because yeah. I'm totally the, I'm a rebel and a student at the same time. Like I will, I'm a student of things, like give me the thing. Now I get it. I'll duplicate it and I'll make it my, but 
back then I'm like, you know, like, I also kind of like to do things my way, right? Yeah. And let my personality shine. But what I have learned constantly over and over again in my business is take the proven system, memorize it so you have the foundation, and then make it yours. Right. So many people were trying to make it ours before we even have the foundations of confidence and um, all that kind of stuff in the system. Totally. That works, you know? So now you started, what, one of the things that's interesting too is that, and maybe almost being a bit naive at, at yeah. 18, <laughs> totally most people naive. would say, oh, you can't start in a market with 500 people. Like you'll just never make it in life. Oh, right. Like yeah. it's, it's impossible. Oh, everybody like, was like. Yeah, and if you yeah. said it's like, oh, maybe maybe a big city girl would, you know, could yeah. go out and do it that way. But 500 people, like, you know, you only, yeah. and if you said that probably, you know, 35% of those are children or under the age of whatever. Then you start narrowing down your market. And 40% the, are seniors. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And you look and you're like, so I got my sex seven people I'm allowed to sell to. <laughs> and everybody was like, you're doing what? Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to sell, I'm going to show knives. Cause I was like, I'm not going to sell. Like I'm not a sales. I'm going to show these knives. And people were like, what yeah. the heck? Yeah. yeah. That's totally. awesome. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so you had your first few clients. Yeah. You figured a few things out. Yeah. Your database started to grow to, to, to grow very fast. So where did you find those people? And was it just the referrals? And 100%. it was like that person knows that person in this web. Yeah. And so I learned how to a ask for referrals at the end. I used the script that yeah. they had given me, and and I even like role, I embody that whole thing and do it in, for audiences. Do you now. remember how they how they hundred percent like how let's to hear it. yeah oh Are, like me asking you for referrals yeah like how did how did it work and yeah. what was the script what was the Lindsay, now the thing is, what I teach people when I now speak on this yes. is how to plant the seed ahead of time so that the ask is okay. not awkward. So, so let's say you're selling knives to me. Yeah, you're not selling. You're not. You're not doing real estate. You're not yeah, trying to okay. adopt this. So we would before I before we even talked about knives, and yeah. you and I are sitting down, and you already know I've also been referred to you. Oh yes. through your friend and family. So we talk Amazing. about the referral and how great that is, and then I talk about how. I run a referral business and they're like, oh my God. And Lindsay, you're like, really? You do that all through referral? I said, yeah, my goal is to see 12 people a week. And honestly, Mr. Jones, you know, Lindsay Smith, yeah. you know, if you end up buying knives today, zero pressure, by the way, I mean, you're going to love it. We're going to have a lot of fun. If you feel compelled to buy knives at the end, great. A lot of people do end up buying knives, you know, even if they weren't expecting to, Yeah. but you won't feel any pressure for me. That's what I would say. And then I would say, but what matters most to me is that my goal is to have you like this presentation so much, like me enough and trust me enough by the end to refer me to your friends and family because that's the only way I can work. And so we'd have so much fun throughout. And then at the end, I'd be like, Lindsay, so here's the part, here's where you can really help me out. And we're writing up the order or whatever or not, like not everybody yeah. bought. And I mean, here's where you can really help me out. It helps me every time I show this presentation, as you know, but I can only show people I've been referred to so what most people do is they give me anywhere between, you know, five to 25 referrals, names of people they think would be nice enough to look. Amazing. Seriously, not people that would buy, just people that'd be nice. Lindsay, just nice people like you, <laughs> you know, they don't even have to really cook. Yeah. Um, so, and for every five names you give me and can think of today, uh, I get to enter your name in this shopping spree thing. And if you can think of 20 referrals... I get to buy you a cut peeler. My record is 60, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's a pen and paper. Just do your best. Jot down as many as you can. I'm just going to go clean my <laughs> knives. Seriously, seven referrals average per presentation. <laughs> really? I swear to God. And it's because A, people wow. were referred. There was already trust and credibility yeah. there. The product and the presentation was so fun. So yeah. light, so it's like great. You don't, you don't need anything. It's like yeah. you didn't need to buy anything. Right, like you... and you planted the seed on the front end. Yeah. And I think I learned to expect referrals rather than almost ask. 
yeah. because it's just not everybody gave referrals, but people did. People got into, oh, my neighbor has to see this. And, yeah. you know, and it's just I think we sometimes get so afraid to plant the seed and ask and just people often want to give back and help out. And I, I think know. I think realtors can take so much from that. Yeah. I think about. Like, I love that. My attitude when I was selling, not my first year and a half, it yeah. was like close for close for the sale, blah, 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 and, and right. be hardcore about it. And and then at the end of it, right. and, and it's funny because of that course you always school, ask for the business. Yeah, exactly. Always be closing. Almost, mm-hmm. But now, and it's, it's funny because we talk about old school, but I mean, this was, yeah. it wasn't. This is super it, old school. Yeah, that's, <laughs> <laughs> we're talking, this is 25 like, years ago. 25 years ago. So, <laughs> but but still, I mean, the, but the, the point of like yeah. saying to someone, I'm in a listing presentation, and it's like, if you guys choose to list me, fine. Like, you know, great. Right. My goal is to educate you. My goal is to have fun. Yeah. And my business is be- built off referrals. I would love to show people what we can offer and help educate them about where the Beautiful. market sits, where uh, your home is, blah, blah. You, yeah. you sort of check off all the boxes, give them value, educate them, tell them about this, tell them about that, um, blah, blah. And then yeah. just say, and I can only do it by working with great people like yourselves. My statement. So perfect. Yeah, my statement is always just like, I know great people know great people. That's I love that. And and so and then my other one I always say is like I've never had a bad meeting with a great person. Yeah. And yeah. So for realtors, I I think that can just be and that's not what I did. But if I went out there today and did that. Yeah, you can map all of what we're talking about to real estate. And actually when I share my story, I have a script. Uh, that I give realtors for planting the seed. And it's just like that, a little bit different than what you said, but it's something that they can take. I, I'm not promoting my talk here, but I'm just saying, yeah, like, yeah. planting the seed, like, it's so powerful, just the well, way you did it. So I think about, um, in our courses, uh, I talk about simple disciplines. Yeah. And that's, like, one of my obsessions is just, like, yeah. um, what are the activities, the the small, simple activities that are done consistently that produce these big results? Yeah. And um, you and I had talked about some of these earlier, and I want you to share this this one, but, I mean, one of the ones you already mentioned was uh, the the you practiced and you internalized that script. Yeah. And that's a simple discipline. And then you start doing enough presentations, you get to practice it all the time. Right. Yeah. But um, you don't need to necessarily say, okay, t- today at you know two o'clock, I'm going to do my practice time. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but refining your craft, and at the beginning, as you do that, your manager is like, you better learn this script. Yeah. Go back, and you got to learn it. Yeah. So tell us, um, in addition to learning the script now. Yep. Um, your success, it starts taking off, you're doing it. What did you do consistently? What was it that ended up, um, like you said, I got, I got 12 appointments. My goal is to see this many people. What were those, what was this one or two simple disciplines that made the difference for you? Yeah, yeah, great question. So um, I learned pretty, in addition to practicing and, and mas- trying to master my craft behind the scenes and learning by doing, um, I would say, yeah, one of the simple disciplines was to write my goals down and to visualize them. That was one of the first nice. things I learned, uh, especially when I started to get excited about the job that I never even ex- thought I would get this excited. And then I started to set goals. And I remember writing, you know, kind of making a thermometer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. like yeah, seriously, put it on Absolutely. my dorm wall, right? And I was like, you know, I'm like the geek of the dorm at university with my goals on the, sh- on the you know, where I could see them. So that was one thing is kind of, and but the other one, I think the main one that I've carried through all my 26 years in business is at first as a student, because I was selling Cutco around school, 
I did, I made calls on Thursday and Sunday nights yep. and it was like a routine. So it was a habit. It was yep. a routine or whatever you want to call that. It was something I always did. And I would dread it. Like I never loved doing it, but once I got into it, I, I it was fine. Like it was like, if you don't like working out and then you just go totally. to the gym anyway, right? Whether you feel like it or not. So I think, and then that discipline led to 20 calls a day, which when I was a full-time career sales professional, I've carried that all the way through. I don't count anymore because I probably make w- way more yeah. than 20 calls in a day of course. or less. Like depends. It averages yeah. out probably. I don't have to do it. But it taught me a few things. The um, Making 20 calls a day, we were encouraged to, and I learned this really fast, to just tick off the activity. And whether it was a no or a not home or a yes for me to come over and show. I remember I'm calling warm leads, these yep. referrals, but they still don't know me when they pick up That's the phone. Right. And so I'm making calls. And I would celebrate the activity only. And and so I learned really quickly that I have a result that I want. I have an outcome. And every outcome that any of us want or anybody wants, I have a process that'll lead up to that. Yeah. So it's it, you know, I can take my goal of however many sales I want to make, I can chunk that down to 12 appointments a week, which I can chunk down to 20 calls a day. And then I would celebrate and commit to the process rather than attaching myself to the short-term results of that process. So that has that has been probably my biggest lesson, one of my biggest lessons throughout my entire career. Keep committed to the process and and not go with the results. I still do sometimes. I get attached to things, but... Um, well, and you can't control who's going to say yes and who's going right. to say no. You can't control what's going on in their life financially right. or whatever yeah. else or whether they just bought their knives right. <laughs> you know, somewhere else. But right. but the point is, it's like yeah. you said, I can do this. I can trust my process. I yeah. can make my 20 calls. I have a script that's been proven. I'm not questioning it. Right. And I, I I book my appointments and I and I do them. And you can reflect at the end of an appointment, say, oh, what went bad, yeah. what went good yeah, here. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, adjust. But yeah. man, like that's, it's beautiful. Like it, yeah. it's absolutely beautiful. Trust the process. I love 100%. that so much. And it's, it taught me about not waiting for motivation to get to activity, yeah. but activity through activity, I become motivated. And it really taught me about the first call is always the hardest, like, you know, just get her done. Just like take that baby step. Like even now when I go home from work or I, sometimes I work from home, but if I'm out on appointments, I'll get, I'll get home and I'll get into my workout gear immediately because yeah. I'm just ready then for my workout. Like that's yeah. just a no brainer. Right. So it's just taking those baby steps and just make one call. So 20 calls a day. Love that. They always call it the like the 100 pound receiver. Right. Like for, for, for realtors, that <laughs> so first call true. is like, the weight of that thing is unbearable sometimes. Totally. Um, but yeah, yeah, once you get in, action precedes motivation. Yep. Man, yeah. nailed it. Um, yeah. So take us through how you started work with the realtor community because you yep. had success. Um, actually, what what age were you when you, when you did this full time? You said, this is what I'm going to do full time. Yeah. So I was 25. Um, and uh, I was actually in, in management. I'd gone from being a student to managing okay. a sales team. And um, then... Like through Cutco? Through, or In Cutco. Oh, okay, okay. All in Cutco. I've only been in Cutco, but at very, doing various things with them, yeah. with that company for 26 years. But I was a student, and then that led to uh, management. And then it was really shortly after I left the district manager position with Cutco. We'll talk more about that later. But... Um, and then I started selling uh, more as a career sales professional. So that was around when I was 26, 25, 26, so 20 years Wow. I've been. And then 12 years ago, Cutco came out with, 13 years ago, 
the closing gift program and they piloted it down in the States in Portland and it just went boom, like in a good way Yeah, across the country. And they, they invited the top reps in each area to expand their businesses. And I'd been in, in home sales for 15 years. Wow. Yeah. Going, do I want to cut another piece of leather and cut another penny for Mr. and Mrs. Jones? <laughs> kind of, <laughs> but I'm totally curious what else yeah. is out Am there I for really me. Am I really cut out for this? <laughs> I, just, I can go for, I can keep oh, going. Really good. Good. We should, we should yeah. totally make knife jokes. Yeah, totally. But yeah, yeah so keeps I. Keeps us sharp. Yeah. Anyways, I'm done. <laughs> I'm totally done. Oh, man. This is where people are like, yeah, come okay, on, come on. They're making their own knife yeah. jokes right now. <laughs> Addie's smiling, that's uh, all that counts. <laughs> the three of us thought it was good. <laughs> totally, I liked it. I liked all right, continue. But yeah, so I, I took the opportunity and it was like a huge stretch for me. I was like, this is new, I'm yeah. going to have to speak. And I don't like speaking in front of people. Another thing I When I met you, it was still like... I, I was so nervous. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But um, I decided, why not try this? I'll keep my in-home sales going and service appointments and all that and some of the trade shows I do, but I'll ease my way into bringing this program to realtors here in Calgary, which is my kind of quote-unquote territory. Uh And it it just was amazing from the start in the sense, it wasn't easy, but I can tell you, I mean, how I started, I, I, when I knew I was going to bring this program to realtors, I had to get referrals to realtors. Right? Same principle. Same principle. So I started asking my in-home clients whenever I did a demo or a service call for leads to their realtor, referrals to their realtors. Really? People were more than happy to refer their realtors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> so that guy calls if they the remembered time. them. Oh, yeah. And sometimes they didn't. Yeah, that's true. But um, they would refer them. And then I looked at my database and I had a few realtors in there that I knew. So I called them and to practice this thing on them, which yeah. is true. I was needing to practice. And then from there, I would sit down with them and I ideally meet them in the office. And then I would ask for referrals to their broker or office manager who hopefully would get me in front of a group of realtors to present the closing gift program. That's yes. how I started. Same thing. Do you referral. know that um, I, have, I, have, I have two great examples of this. Uh, mm-hmm. First of all, I was talking to um, uh, one of our realtors and uh, she's doing you know over half a million dollars a year in business. And the way she started doing real estate was she just called up her clients and said, um, can I practice my presentation and practice doing CMAs for you? Totally. And in when I did my, uh, I was, I'd built a team at this point, a small team, but right. one of the sort of the turning points for us was <clears throat> I, I wanted to create this CMA system that only took 20 minutes from zero to output of this beautifully branded printed mm. CMA of market analysis in someone's home. And I called up my you know, 20 people right away and said, hey, can I practice this on you? And then I said, I need more people to practice this on. Everybody said yes. Yeah. I, I ended up getting 10 referrals from it. And we did six listings off that, $50,000 in business. Yeah. And, and just because of that practice <clears throat> thing. like, And that was cool. something that accidentally stumbled upon. And the, the deliberate nature of that for, for realtors that just, they're reluctant. They're like, oh, I don't want to bother my friends and family. Practice right. with them. Right. Use them for practice. 100%. And you'll Those see them enroll in the process, enroll in your success. Yeah. So you so you took the same concepts, yep. the same principles, applied them over to um, to, to, to the real estate side of it. Yeah. And, and that's amazing. And then yep. it started to grow from there. And same thing. You just... Every time you met with somebody, was it leading them to the next referral? Is that how that grew? Yeah, it shifted a little bit because in, at first I had to work on one-on-one referral. Like yeah. I would sit down with the re- realtors that had been referred to me 
and ask for referrals to their broker, their office manager, and other realtors. Got it. But then what started to happen, I sat down with office managers that were like, and this was a big, big challenge because everybody is trying to get in front of realtors. Oh, yeah. Right? And so there was this, you know, I would get the objection like, we don't let salespeople in and that kind of thing. And I'm really, really proud to share. I don't know. I, I, I'm, again, just really practiced and tried to master my craft and bring value and all of those things. And somehow in the first couple of years, I got into most of the offices yes. in Calgary and surrounding areas. For the, They saw the program. They were like, this makes sense. You know, some of the early adopters like Corinne Lyle, yep. yourself, like just great people that were forward thinking this, like, you know what? You've got something here that our people need to hear. Come on in. But that wasn't easy. Like that was, so but it, it started to become. Did the program start? 12 years. You were, so it would have been just on the, right the, the forefront of, of it. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yep. Oh, you were just you. Vonnie that did this for years to yeah. me. It's like, this is what Vonnie does. <laughs> oh, interesting. That's, okay. That's so different, actually, than any of my clients that I run into on the residential side. Like, yeah. I have a database of about 3,000 in-home clients. All of them. And no matter how much I was pro at this, all of them are like, you were just new when you came to Saw. Oh. <laughs> yes, you were just a little baby student. I was like, no, actually, I was 30. I was like... <laughs> So funny. A super pro. That's like funny. <laughs> and they think I was like brand new. Yo, we'll look young forever. It's great. <laughs> totally. I, just, I just grouped myself into that. I, said, yeah. I look young too. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. wishful thinking. Yeah. Wishful. Totally now. But So you got in. So you were the first person you got in. And yeah. And then I didn't have to. It, I, I actually got so busy so quickly being in front of groups. And, and as you've seen my process, present the closing gift program, which I practiced. Yeah. To be able to nail it in front of groups. And get business cards of agents that were interested and then follow up one-on-one -on -one with them. Um, I stopped asking for referrals, actually, to be honest, because I was too busy. <laughs> I just couldn't keep up. Yeah. And so now, after 1,500 realtors that I've worked with uh, that are on my database, I'm almost coming back to, I still do presentations. Of I do course. all. I'm expanding my speaking and all that and the value I can bring. But, you know, even now, I'm like, I want to, my goal is to get 50 direct referrals from my best, best clients this year. And I'm going to do that by A, asking, yeah. but even more like sitting down with them for a coffee and just really getting more in tune with them and their business and get yeah. to know them even better and like come from this value place of, and I'm doing like little micro events for my best clients, things like that. So I'm going back to, um, I want great referrals from my very best people now, Yeah, even more so than I did before. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It's interesting how they came full circle. Yeah. 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 That's outstanding. So- yeah. So tell me now, and maybe okay. maybe we've already uh, beaten this, yeah, but um, but let's yeah. let's reiterate it. Um, okay. Let's let's talk about it. So now you have a realtor in front of you, and yeah. you'd be like, "Well, I'm not a realtor, you know, I don't know." But someone's saying, "Vonnie, based on this, what you learned about growing as such a successful business with Cutco, what advice would you give a realtor looking to expand their network and grow their business?" Yeah, I think what you said there, and actually Nolan, I was listening to him speak yeah. um, a few days ago, Mathias. and he said, yeah, yeah Nolan Matthias, yeah, yeah. amazing business astute. Uh, I just look up to him a lot. And he's like, do as many open houses, value adding things, sit down with your practice list. Maybe it's not your your like closest friends and family, but it's friends of friends and like revisit that practice list. Do offer to do free practice real estate reviews, CMAs. Yeah. All that. And one of the greatest, like Tom Story is one of my clients in Toronto. He's a top agent. Um, I interviewed him once for a little thing. And he said, host a career launch party. Like, it, you yes. know, you're a store, right? Like, why not invite family, friends and have them invite 
their friends and yes. have a career launch party if, if you're new in the business and you want everybody to know that's what you're doing. I thought that was a really cool one. That's and invest in the idea. training, like invest in personal and professional growth for sure. Never cut corners there. Like I love it. What, yeah. what, have, what have been some of your favorite um, influential books, mm. talks, people who... What sticks right. with you? Oh my gosh, there's so many. I'm always, you know this about me, I'm always investing in my, I have a coach, you know, uh, at any given moment. Yeah. Um, but uh, high trust selling actually. Todd, no. Are you, yeah, it was the first sales about? book I've ever read because it was recommended by John Rulin, who's, and Giftology, by the way, is an incredible book that John's written. He's the number one cuckoo rep in the world. Uh, I look up to him yeah. immensely, but. High Trust Selling was one of my first, my first sales book I ever read. Uh, and then there's things like this emotional is, is, agility. Like oh, I got to pause for you for a second okay. because I just feel like anybody that has listened to my stuff, <laughs> the reason I got into real estate was because of Todd Duncan's book, High Trust wow. Selling. And, That's so and crazy. Top, that... top 10 sales mistakes as well. He went on, but um, uh, it was a follow-up book. But High Trust Selling, I remember I was, I was selling fitness balls and balance boards right. um, with, with Fitter International. And, Love Fitter First, love the company. It did such an amazing thing for my business acumen. Um, mm. But uh, I was in, it was in so much consumer debt and like you had to sell a lot of fitness balls to make it work. And then Todd Duncan is talking about high trust selling strategies, but then also, you know, selling a hundred million dollar insurance programs and things like that in the book. And I was just yeah. like, wow, I need to sell bigger things. Yeah. Um, like I'm good at selling. And I, from there, I actually thought I was going to go and sell motorhomes, buy and sell motorhomes. That was <laughs> my idea of bigger, bigger things. things. Yeah, literally. <laughs> I was like, so I was like, what's bigger than a motorhome? Oh, a house. Yeah. <laughs> a house is bigger than a motorhome. What motor else home. can I sell? And I was like, skyscrapers. No, too big, too big. No, let's look, let's look down. But but that was it. I got cool. it. High Trust Selling was my book that launched me into wow, real estate. Wow, I didn't know that. Isn't that funny? We that didn't know. We, crazy. Yeah. Uh, okay, continue on. So you said giftology, uh, high trust selling. You said a few other. Yeah, I, have, I mean, my bookshelf is lined with books. Uh, I, I, um, I'm, I'm reading Good to Great right now. I've never read it. It's really? a classic, yeah. right? Um, Jim Collins, love it. Uh, you know, things like actually um, Power of Fulner, like any book from Brené Brown, Brown, and we'll Ray talk Brown, about yeah. adversity, emotional agility, stuff like that. Um, I like autobiographies too reading Tegan and Sarah's autobiography right now. Um, but just, yeah, any business book you could probably, um, you know, even Richard Robbins' book, uh, Deliver the Unexpected. Yeah. Um, oh, so many. And courses awesome. I've taken to. So you're, you're just in around, it's just part of you now. It is, yeah. I, I, I can't really imagine being without a coach for, I, I mean, I can, I can run the business, but I'm always curious what, yeah. you know, what's next level, whether it's, you know, working smarter, you know, I, yeah, it's in my blood. So, so diving, this is the perfect transition, is it? I believe. Um, <laughs> so thank you for that. Yeah, um, okay. So switching gears, adversity is, uh, you know, you've had some monster life events, monster. some monster life events, yeah. which is great. And, you know, and everyone has, everyone in, has in their own way. Yeah. And, and I do feel like, like I have this, uh, every once in a while I have this it's called Fearless Motivation. You can download the playlist on, I'm sure, Spotify or Apple. But um, Fearless Motivation. But I was, I would just say it's black guys yelling at me, and you can tell they're black <laughs> on by listening to it. You can tell, but it's just like, but it's it's the most inspiring, motivational thing. These guys are just getting Ooh. in your face, like like giving you like the real talk stuff. Right. And and so I listen to it in the shower. Oh, I listen cool. to it when I'm like cleaning the house, doing my thing. Yeah. Um, 
so it's great, but it keeps your head in the game. And you talked about Brene Brown, like it just gives you that perspective on things. Right. It's sort of a transition, but I, I want to yeah. say you've had some you've had some things you've worked through, and I want to dive into that thing of how you've worked consistently through tough times. Right. So, um, so as a member of the LBGTQ community, yeah. yeah. Um, so you came out of the closet as yeah. gay. Twenty five years old. Yeah. Twenty five years yeah. old, and. Tell us about that. Tell us about yeah. so, so much courage, things like that. And now you're yeah. at the start of running your business, even starting full time. Because yeah. if we said like this is that time period where you're 25, it you're going to go that full time. Full time uh -huh. um, your, your confidence that you need to make the sales, to do these types of things, to go out there and make the calls. Yeah. Take us through that time in your life. What, okay. Tell us about the process of coming out. Yeah. And then how it affected or did, like, tell us about that. Yeah. Huge, huge turning point, of course, in my life. And this is actually 25 years ago or 20 years ago. I'm 45 now. Yeah. This is when Ellen had just come out like the environment, not that it's any less difficult no, like, no. for people, but you know, it was still a really new, like it was still, still very, um, very new yes. to come out of the closet. Absolutely. Uh, you know, especially grew up in a small town, Christian home, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so I think, for me, the process, and actually, I want to share this. I've reflected on this stuff a lot, especially in this last year. I'm 26 years in business, and there have been monumental events, like everybody, who anybody who's, who's lived a little. Uh, I came out of the closet when I was 25. That was my first major life event. Mental illness runs in my family. Uh, my sister had a psychotic break, uh, was diagnosed as schizophrenic, and she's 100% good yeah. now on medication. But we had to take, we, my wife and I chose to uh, take care of her and her niece while she was going, like, that was a few years ago. I've had two five-year relationships that were almost marriage, not be, yeah. right? Good. Now that I look back on those things, they were super hard, but they were all a blessing. And happily when I married look back, now. Happily and, married now, yeah. seven, almost seven years. Wow, has it been seven yeah, years? Yeah, I know. It's oh crazy gosh. awesome. Oh, my wife is the best. She's amazing. <laughs> um but yeah, just having gone through that and then this last year gone, having gone through another uh, crazy life event. But coming out of the closet was really interesting because I had, um, I experienced emotion at, at, that I'd never experienced before. I, and I had real trouble navigating that. And at the time I was a Cutco manager. Yes. So I was hiring my own sales team and training them and all that kind of stuff. I was fresh out of university. Um, so it was so many changes all at once. And yeah. coming out, I was really excited that I was coming out because it was the weight off the shoulders and it was authentic and it felt real and it was true to me. Um, parents didn't take it well, all that kind of stuff. So it was, I actually, um, I didn't like management very much. It wasn't my thing. And I, I would have given it up um, and gone back to selling eventually. But I yeah. think coming out was kind of a catalyst for letting that part of the job go that I totally didn't love if my heart wasn't in it. Yeah. And I went and traveled for three months. I backpacked around Europe, England, Scotland, and Ireland. Wow. Newly gay, newly out, like, rah, rah, you yeah. know, just like had my backpack, <laughs> Canadian flag. I am going to, I'm going to have the best time ever. And then I'm going to come back. And I came back and I fell into a deep depression. And I'd never, ever experienced anything like that. Didn't wow. know what it was. So I went to the doctor and um, got medication, which I was very ashamed of. But now I get it. Some yeah. people, you know, and I just, I was on medication for six months and I started to get to a place of being functional. But why I'm telling you that is because 
I realized one life lesson, wherever you go, there you are. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't outrun myself. Alcohol Anonymous. That's uh, <laughs> it's it's such a powerful statement. Right. And I came back and I had gone and traveled, but I came back. I was still me, still dealing with all of the things. And um, I really, I really actually, when I came back from traveling, didn't know exactly what to do next. And I think that there was a lot of uncertainty and that's part of why I went into a depression. And then I, I applied at some different jobs. Was I going to stay with Cutco? Was I going to go into Cutco more as a professional? Like, and I, I finally decided and I remember this moment, I still had my office, it was bare, it, but I still had the lease. And I sat down and my phone still worked. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And I sat on these signs that had been recruiting signs for my sales team, sat on and I picked up the phone because it was the only thing I knew. Yeah. And I, I didn't have a lot of confidence, like so much had happened. And, um, but I made one phone call and it, it was this lesson for me of like, what's one thing that I can do with total grace and compassion for myself, given where I'm at. I'm like, I'm mentally yeah. unstable. Like I'm all these things, great things are happening, crazy things are happening. But I made one phone call. And out of all of the life events I've had, Cutco, my business has been the only constant. Yes, It's nuts to think of that, but it has. If, if Whenever I've gone through something, it's some, it's like I'll, I don't wait to, you know, necessarily feel good or whatever, but I just, I took one empowered step that day and I learned something about, again, about just committing to a process. I took one step. It didn't matter which direction. I just picked a direction and went wow. and turns out, you know, so glad I made that one phone call, which led to another, which led to another. And I started to pick myself and my business back up and, and get the confidence back that I had lost through that identity wow. shift. And yeah. I, you know, I love that, um, that where you're at today uh, and you look back and, and it was such a tough, tough time and you went through that super tough time where, uh, you know, you, you talked about the shame of, you know, the meds and things like that, which yeah, I mean, sure. now I, I do really applaud the bringing sort of mental illness to the forefront mm. now nowadays where, yeah, I mean, your sure. brain is this chemical laboratories, you know, laboratory of chemicals, whether you like yeah. it or not. And yeah. it does some messed up things to you, um, inadvertently right. and things can trigger that. So I'm very yeah. empathetic to that. Um, but then you just found this, this one thing and you said, I'm, a, I'm just one step and whether it was one deliberate step. or not, you're just kind of like, I'm just going to make a call in yeah. this office that <laughs> that is no longer yeah. yes amazing yeah. um absolutely amazing definitive um, moment for sure it's a good thing someone paid the phone bill yeah i don't yeah. know <laughs> i must have had i don't know how that was possible that's awesome <laughs> but well, it was and, and so now that i'm actually kind of looking at my line of questioning here i'm like now that we talked about one super hard thing let's, let's go, go on to the another next. super hard thing <laughs> so no. um so recently you had you had a business partner yeah. And, and there was, uh, you guys were working together, some cool new initiatives and things like mm -hmm. that. And then there was a split yeah. and, and it didn't quite go, um, as smooth as it could have. Yeah, totally. Um, tell me about that. Tell me about, um, and you don't need to go into the details yeah, about everything, no, but, yeah, but yeah. just like, um, uh, you know, you and I sat down and talked or, or we, you know, we talked and it was, um, something I could tell was hard on you because um, a friend. Yeah. And now it's, you know, you're going your own separate ways and there's, it wasn't as smooth as it could have been. Right. Yep. So, so take me through that and how you managed to 
Because now you're actually, you have this rhythm where your business and you got appointments to go to the next day. Totally. So it's like, yeah, how do you, so this was different. How do you show up yeah. for those appointments? Like 100%. how do you show up for that? Yeah. Yeah. This is, my business is no longer, I suppose if, if I had, and I am working, have systems in place where I could leave and go travel for three months, but my business is different now. It looks different. You know, the stores open every day, nine to five, you know, or whatever, yeah, right? Absolutely. Like, um, and it's a thriving business. There is a lot going on all the time. I have staff, you know, it's just there, there's a lot going on. So um, yeah, without getting into detail, what's so cool is I learned so much about myself through the previous hard time, um, yeah. you know, hard times, I guess. And this one, yeah, it was a friend of 25 years, colleague, and we, we decided to partner. So it was a very short-term business partnership and, and things shifted really quickly and it just did not work. And I found myself actually for the first time in 20 years, I found myself back in the place of the place I feared most, which was being depressed again. I had not been, even though I had gone through many challenges wow. for 20 years in that span, I'd never gone back to a place of depression. And so what I did this time, I was like, I recognized it right away. I was like, something's up more with me than normal dealing with a normal bad day. Totally. I'm like, I'm going to go to the doctor. I'm going to talk to my doctor. I'm going to get into therapy. And I took all of the empowered steps because I could not control what was going on outside of me, the chaos. And this would apply to anybody going through anything tough in their life. Um, even think of coronavirus and all the stuff that's going on and it feels like chaos and there's a lot of uncertainty. And I felt really vulnerable. You know, I grabbed the, you know, emotional agility, started yes. to read. Like I, I defined for myself, I actually made optimal health my number one priority. It hadn't been weirdly. Yeah. But I made it my number one priority really, really fast. Financial, emotional, mental, physical. I got into there. I found a great therapist to work through these things together with her. I have an incredible support network. My wife was there every day. Yeah. Like, and I, I made, I really did make three conscious decisions. Like other, other than the optimal health is my priority. Yeah. Because if I'm not help, healthy, I cannot show up for work. I cannot yeah. show up for people that count on me. Cannot show up for my wife. Can't show up for my clients. And yeah. I'm gonna. So I showed up for work every day. And, you know, I have this phrase and I got it from another uh, speaker, but it's like, it's okay to suck. It's not okay to skip. <laughs> and oh, so some days, like, I like yeah, that. Yeah, isn't that great? And I'm a super consistent person. I will follow through, but I showed up for work every day. And actually, funny thing, during this crazy hard time of this last year, I had some of my best events. I don't know. I would, sometimes I'd cry 15 minutes before I spoke because I was talking yeah. to my manager or I was talking to my wife. And I, I just, and that's the other thing is, um, yeah, you got to get real with people. You got to get not, I, I'm, I'm not going to cry in front of my client in yeah. a presentation, but I'm going to like, if I've got emotion, I'm going to find a place, a safe space to let that out and honor that. So these are all the things I've learned having gone through struggle. But, um, I showed up for work every day. I showed up for my workout every day. And I showed up for meditation. I suck at meditation, I feel. I feel I'm not very, as, I have really crappy self-talk. Annoying thoughts. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You're like, I, shut up, Bonnie. Yeah. <laughs> I still showed up every day for like the three things I know keep me, uh, keep me good. Yeah. You know, no matter what else is going on. And so that's me, you know, I just, I, you know I don't I love? know. You I don't know, know what love, else to say. I, you know what I love so much about yeah. that is that, you, you said, listen, I know the things that are positive for me. Yeah. I know the things that I do. And I know so many people that 
that when adversity happens, it's the first thing they skip. They have a sick loved one. Right. And they think, oh, well, I need to be skipping my um, my business generation activities. I, I, I need to skip going to the gym. I need to do these types of things because totally. this person needs to become my priority. But it's like you need to be your priority. It's like wow, you need to. Yeah, because, you know, if, without, if you don't put your gas mask on first or your oxygen mask, when it falls out from the ceiling, how can you help anybody else? Right. And uh, so I think that's amazing. Plus, you also weren't afraid to say there's people out there that can help me. My support system. Yeah. Having a therapist without shame, it's like, gosh, I can I can take advantage of these I things. I love my therapist. Yeah, yeah. but you know, you know what I love about that? Yeah, it's just like, and yeah. it's like, this makes me feel good. Yeah. This is right. They're a professional and yeah. other people have gone through this stuff before. And so I always love the saying of like, I'm not unique. Like we love to yeah. have this, this sort of superiority complex sometimes, but with 7 billion people on the planet, yeah. it's like somebody else has been in this similar position. And as, as a first time father now, you know, I'm also learning, I'm listening to like this, these baby books, forefathers, and uh, which there aren't that many, uh, but you, you, you go right. through it and, and you're just like, oh, okay. Yeah. This is how other people feel. This is how right. other people experience this. This is right. what other people noticed. And, and so I absolutely love that. And man, yeah. it's okay to suck. It's not okay to skip. <laughs> totally. Do you know who said that? Like, I, yeah, I love it's to. Yeah, Sharan. Oh, his last name's hard to pronounce. No worries. Um, I'd love to quote. I love give give it's credit on my to that. social media. I, oh. I liked it so much, but yeah, it's it's like this combination of getting real and honoring what's really going on, um, and then still showing up for me for the things and routines and habits that I know keep me. Like, I actually do better when I'm. Out and up. like as much as in hard times you want to, I at least want to sometimes isolate Absolutely. and just think about it and reflect. I was just like, Absolutely. you know, like in my head, yeah. like I'm just way better when I am out there with people, bringing value and loving on people and helping people. And, and yeah. so, and, and doing my workouts, even my body even felt heavier during that time because I wasn't doing very well and I was picking myself back up again. But um, I just worked out, and I, it sucked. Well, and I, love, <laughs> I still, you know, I, I didn't skip. But yeah, <laughs> brilliant. Because it's good for me. Yeah. Yeah. I love uh, how you. Uh, well, yeah, we 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 used to run marathons and the ultra stuff, oh. and there was a, like you know a, um, a did not a did not finish a DNF is much better than it did not start. Um, right. Dead last is better than it did not finish. It did not finish is better than it did not start, I love and that's that. DNF is so that's a, yeah. a nice thing. But I love how you said. Um, you know, I can't just sit back, isolate and sulk. I had to go out and still do these activities. Um, but at the same time, you still made time to deal with what was happening through the therapist, the support groups, you and I connected, like you yeah. reached out to the yeah. support groups and to support people, like support yeah. network. Amazing and you people. said, okay, so now I'm going to do these things that are important. And I'm also going to make time to, I'm going to call it grieving and yeah. sort of mourning the loss and, and picking it back up and dealing with the, the shit that needs to be dealt with. Yeah. Like someone that just creates stuff, legal document, you know, there's stuff yep. that just gets created. And so you have to deal with that, but you can't let go of those, those things that, uh, that, that do good for you, the exercise, right. the business activities, stuff like yeah. that. Okay. So, yeah. so now summarizing this and bringing yeah. it all together. So uh, advice, realtor, someone's going through a tough time in their life. Yeah. What advice do you, do you give them? Yeah. I mean, I wrote some things down. I think I've already, you know, and it's cool to think during this time, like my business didn't skip a beat. It's amazing. We were up 40 grand last year, wow. even in like, and I actually also gave, I, I just, yeah, that's crazy to think of now, having gone through what I went yeah. through, that we were up. So um, number one, I think 
the advice I would give, I mean, everyone's situation is going to be different. Of course. During, of course. But number one is get real. Like find a place where you can be supported, whether that's with your, your, with your family, close friends, your people. You know, um, I was pretty transparent. I never got into content with my clients, but I remember like closer people, like honestly, I would say you, when you yeah. asked me how I was doing, my eyes were probably red anyway. Yeah, I was yeah. like, not going to hide anything. Like, but I shared a little bit with you of like, yeah, it's actually gone, going through this thing. And be be real and honor what's going on and validate. And, and um, you know, I think having those safe spaces for myself. So have, a, you know, invest in creating a really great support network. Um, number two for me is, is become financially savvy. Um, save money. Because um, I've always been a really good saver. Nice. Uh huh. And even uh, my wife and I were talking about the coronavirus, and yeah. I had three events cancel. Yes, you know. But then I booked two, and you know, I know it's, you know, I know my my business event wise will take a hit. It, it's gonna force me to get a little bit more virtual, do some things that yeah. I, ha I haven't had time to do, right? And uh, but we have money in an emergency fund. We've got all of those things, like yeah, um, you know, and just. It, it really does, when you can save a little bit out of each paycheck, and I, you know, um, it really makes a difference in how you approach your business. Um, number three would be take, it's like that, what's one thing that I can do? I love that. And I think you speak of it. I've seen, I've heard you talk about it as a, what's my inner circle or locus of control? Yeah, locus of control. Yeah, yeah. Of like, what's I really define quickly for me, what's empowered action for me that I can take daily for myself that's aligned with my values and my goals and regardless of what's happening outside of me. And um, I think the other thing is systems, creating systems for the what if day. For what every one of us is probably going to receive that phone call at two in the morning that somebody is struggling with their health or something. We're yep. all going to go through something. Absolutely. If we haven't already. And what systems do we have in place for our businesses so that if we need to be absent, if the store had to close, in my case, it didn't have to close for a bit. But um, what systems do I have in place so it can run on a little bit more of autopilot so I have somebody in place that can actually just take orders if I'm out of the field for, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, we set up for vacations. Yeah. But do we set up for uh rainy days. Yeah. Um, so I think systems be really conscious. We don't like to think of worst case scenarios, no. uh, but I think it's good to go through those exercises as well as best case scenarios and all your dreams and goals and be connected to those too. I, you know, two great people, uh, Chris Hadfield, um, uh, yeah. astronaut's guide to life yeah. on earth. I mean, the whole thing that NASA does is they do, a, it's just nothing but disaster worst case scenarios. scenarios. Yeah, totally. exactly. And they have one yeah. meeting where they just say, what okay, exactly? Chris, you're in this meeting. Uh, you die. Yeah. You're dead. So you can't talk. And now we all need to go around and say, who's going to notify the next of kin? Who's going to do this? Who's right. going to make the press release? What are we going to say in the press release? At what point? Right. How did he die? What's, you know, and they go around the table and Chris just has to sit there and listen and then the debrief after. But it's, it's super cool. And the Navy wow. SEALs, you know, we talk about, um, Jocko, um, in his, his many, many books. Um, but, uh, the, the leadership, the economy of leadership, things like that. And they always talk oh. about the, the Navy SEALs were all about what went wrong. What went wrong? What's the contingency? Right. And that's something that civilians can learn to be like, yeah, people are talking, focus on the positive. Yeah. Well, they've done studies that focusing on the positive is actually a disaster recipe mm. um, unless you say, okay, here's all the positive things, but let's talk but about let's contingencies talk about, right. and what's going to happen. So that, that advice is 
is unbelievably bang on. And then back to the root of it all, which I believe is that locus of control, knowing that you have the control in your life. You're the one that can change it. And I also love, um, this was just a tweet this morning, I believe from, or last night, uh, Rachel Hollis wrote the book, yeah. uh, Girl, yeah. Wash Your Face. I haven't, or, I haven't read it yet, but I've heard so Girl, much. Make Your Better. Girl, Quit Apologizing. Girl, Wash Your Face. Yeah, Girl, yeah. Wash Your Face. There's, don't I think be she has your a couple pants of, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Girl, Don't Be Your Pants. You know, it's <laughs> That's that. the next one. Yeah, <laughs> quit laughing. You'll pee your pants. Uh, there was something to it. I, but she said, she said uh, bad news, um, a lot can change in 30 days. Yeah. And then she said, good news, a lot can change in 30 days. Oh, that's cool. And is I it, love isn't, that. Isn't that a what good a great like, tweet? Yeah. yeah. So I thought that was just absolutely fantastic. And I feel mm-hmm. like all of us in our lives have went through that 30-day period. It's just a disaster. And then right. the same 30-day period is just that uptick. So true. And that's one thing. Like We're talking about tough times. Nobody likes to hear it in a tough time because it does seem like time slows down yes. when you're really having a tough go. Oh, yeah. I How many people were like, this too shall pass? I wanted to slap people after I heard, yeah. like, this too shall pass. Yes. But it's true. It does. And I'm 100% <laughs> better than I was. And it, it's amazing what you learn coming out of those if you commit to being a student. One of the best books I read through this whole time was Humble the Poet. Uh, things no one else can teach us. Oh, yeah. Have you yeah. heard of this guy? Yeah, so I have one of his cool. books. I don't know which one it is, but uh, um, uh, doesn't matter. It's, e- either uh, way, Humble the Poet, I just heard of him in an interview, and it was just, he spoke to me, it resonated, and he's he speaks on shifting perspective, that amazing. we have the control to, to sh- see things differently, and I just, I like how he speaks of struggle. Um, so if anyone's going through a tough time, that's a great book. Bonnie, thank yeah. you so much for thank your you. time here and uh, giving back and yeah, uh, doing pleasure. that. I, I think you just have such a cool story and I love how consistent the activities are and it became this root in your life that you could fall back to, this yeah. sort of, this, this constant. And you know, you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're a perfect example of, and I know you've done so many new things, but they talk about it in Ninja, just being like, you know, Real estate and or your business should be the boring aspect of your life. Get your drama somewhere else. Go skydiving, do these things. <laughs> we just have these activities Systems you do over and over. Yeah, it's okay to adapt new things, but have that um, consistent implementation. Yeah. Um, I just love it. Thank you so much for your time and, you. and sharing us with it's realtors. Awesome. Cool. Thank you, everybody. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, we're uh, obviously this will be uh, posted up anywhere you get your podcast. You guys can follow CIRL Realty Business Mastery on. Um, Instagram, follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, and you can listen to this podcast anywhere your podcast, Apple, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play. It's available all those places. And uh, we'll be back in a couple weeks with uh, more great content. So stick with us, subscribe, and thank you guys so much. And Vani, thank you again. Thank you. All the best. My pleasure.